Holy Spirit night on Friday, so that's exciting. Um, let me tell you something. Even if you don't feel like coming, come, be here. Because that's what we call faith. Faith isn't seeing so that you can believe. Faith is believing before you see. So if you know that the presence of God can change you, can touch you, can transform you, you know that God can do a miracle in your life, then that's where you got to be, where he's going to be at. Amen? If I was a millionaire and I was giving out money and you needed money, where would you go? Where I'm not at? You would go where I'm at. Common sense, right? So if the Holy Spirit's going to be here, if God's going to be here, his presence is going to be among us, come and receive from God. Even and if you're like, man, I don't have four hours. Okay, then you got you got an hour. Come be here for an hour and receive from God. Amen. Amen. The reason why we take so long is because people you guys love the presence of God. And that's amazing. And we don't do Holy Spirit night so that, you know, we're expecting hundreds and thousands of people. No, it's because we just want to have a night where we seek the Holy Spirit. Whoever wants to jump in can jump in. There's enough space for everybody. Amen. So that's the first announcement. The second announcement is that next Wednesday, we were going to start it uh, uh, this, this Wednesday, but I figured next Wednesday, we're having what we're calling Youth Takeover. Amen. So, so here's, the, here's the exciting thing about Youth Takeover is that it, the youth is literally taking over. So if you would like to help in some area, talk to me afterwards. Okay, there might be enough room for everybody. There might not. But if you want to serve in an area, you want to help, I don't know, open doors, hold the signs, whatever it is, whatever help we need in, whatever I can find someplace to put you in, that's where you'll be. Don't feel bad if 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 uh, you don't get to serve that service, but you will eventually serve. So if you want to uh, volunteer to serve then talk to me afterwards. OK, you got it. All right. Now, here's why the youth takeover next week is very important, because we started the youth takeover just like Holy Spirit night. It was just, ah, man, we just, we love Jesus. You know, we love God. We want to receive more. And so the youth takeover that we did in December was so that we could invite everybody who works. Because if you look around, there's a lot of people that are missing despite having how many? 69 people. Look at that, 69. Man, I remember when we had 50, we're like, yeah, let's go. Now we got 69 people. And if we go down to 50, I'm like, something's, something's up. So um, if you look around right now, we have 69 people, but there's a bunch of people missing because some are working. Some didn't come. Their parents didn't want to give them a ride. The parents were too late, whatever it is. Right. Um, so then we did youth takeover in December because we wanted to see how many young people we had in Philadelphia. And our goal was to get how much? A hundred. And did we get that goal? Yes, we got 108 for that service. That was not counting the visitors and all that stuff. So that was our goal. Um, and because God is so good and, um, and he's so merciful, then the leadership team met and they said, hey, can you guys do one of those services again? It was amazing. We're like, uh, it was just for, you know, for that one time. They're like, no, you should do it throughout the year. It'd be great. So then that's why we're having another youth takeover. But next week's is going to be special. Here's the reason why. Because the message that we're preaching and everything, the songs that we're singing, everything is focused on Jesus, as it should. But we're going to be preaching so that people get saved. So if you have friends that don't know Jesus, or you have friends that used to go to church, that they, they, they used to love Jesus, or they need restoration in their lives, they need healing in their lives, they need miracles in their lives, then invite them for next week. I guarantee you, I promise you, I know that God will do something. 
I know that God will work in, in many ways, in miracles and in healings, and he's going to save people. So from this moment forward, let's pray for that every day. And since every Wednesday we're fasting, and you don't have to be part of the youth leadership team to fast. If you want to join in fasting, join us. We're going to be fasting next Wednesday for, uh, for youth takeover. That way God will move and it will be a powerful presence of God. Can you say amen? amen. And tomorrow, I think tomorrow the, the musicians and worship team's fasting, right? Tomorrow for the Holy Spirit night. If you want to join in, join in. It's going to be powerful. All right. So what's next Wednesday? You take over. If you want to come pray with us at 630, great. It's going to be powerful. And then seven o'clock we start praise and worship. And then we're going to go into everything else. Also, um, after that, we're going to start classes. I know I preach to you guys mostly um, Wednesdays, but God has put in my heart that I need to teach the Bible. So there's there's going to be a lot less of like, oh, let's go, let's get it. Yeah, come on. And it's going to be all right. Let's open up the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible say about finances? Because we have a generation of people that know that God is real, that know it's good to go to church, but they don't know what the Bible says. And so They'll listen to people on TikTok, on YouTube, and all these other places. Yesterday, my brother called me. He's like, bro, I just had the craziest encounter. I said, really? Yeah, some dude was trying to get me saved. And I was like, okay, would you tell me you were saved? He said, I told him I was already saved. I said, man, I love Jesus. He said, yeah, I know you know Father God, but do you know Mother God? I was like, what? He said, yeah, man, it's weird. And I said, hey, what church is this? And he told me, he said, I looked it up. He said, they're weirdos, man. They're all over the world. And so it's important that you know what the Bible says and what the Bible teaches. So we're going to be, we're going to be teaching. And um, so for a couple of Wednesdays, we won't have praise and worship here. We're going to, I don't know, we got to figure this out. I don't know, we're going to have to put like tables or something. There's 69 of you guys, I, you know, I don't know. We're going to figure this out because I want you guys to take notes. I'm going to be providing notes and we're going to be uh, studying the Bible together. Okay, because it's important. All right, so very quickly. Uh, today, I don't have a lot of time, um, but let's open up our Bibles in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I want to talk about something. I don't know why this came to mind, but I want to talk to you guys about this. Also, happy Valentine's Day to you guys. If you don't have a Valentine, it's okay. Jesus is your Valentine. Amen. Look at that. All right. You're never alone. He's, yeah, he's, he's our savior. He's our love. Our, he's our first love. All right. Matthew, you guys got it? Matthew 15, verse 18, verse 18. So here's a story and we're picking up halfway of this throughout this conversation. You can read this at home, but this is halfway of a conversation that Peter is having with Jesus about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were offended because of something Jesus said. And so then Jesus is explaining this to Peter. He's saying, are you still not understanding? So he begins to explain. And then when he gets to verse 18, he says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from, say with me, the heart, the heart. And this defiles a person for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So here Jesus is explaining what he just said. What does it mean to defile, to be defiled? In simple terms, what it means is to be unclean. And when we receive Jesus, you might have heard the expression, he washes our sin away. Why? Because sin 
causes us to be dirty. Sin is that stain that is upon our spirit, that is upon our heart. And that's why you'll hear people say only the blood of Jesus can wash the sin away. So what happens is when you receive Jesus, if you ever lifted up your hand and said, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior in that moment. And you believing in God and believing in Jesus, giving your heart to him in that moment, you got saved. In other words, your heart was cleansed. Your spirit was cleansed and there was no longer sin. There was no longer a stain. It was clean completely. But what ended up happening? is the following as time goes by we think because we accepted Jesus we raised our hands and we said I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior and we come to church and maybe your mom and dad's a Christian or maybe one time you cried in the altar you think that that is all it takes to get to heaven and that is a lie it's not truth this is why the Bible talks about running the race how do you run a race how do you run a race you what You run. You don't take a step and then you stop. That's not running a race. So many people have taken the step of faith to receive Christ and that's all they did in running the race. They never continued to run. Now the interesting thing about when you're running a race is that you get tired. You start sweating. You start seeing people that pass you and then your 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 abs or whatever it is they kind of start getting a, a little uh, a little sore they start hurting then your legs start hurting then you start getting tired and then what ends up happening is you start thinking about certain things maybe i should just stop i know i was going to run a mile but maybe i can just run half a mile i know i said i was just going to run 2 miles but maybe i could stop maybe and you start thinking all of these things why to justify so Why? Because your body gets tired. And when your body gets tired, then your mind starts to justify your actions. And so the same thing happens to us. We start running this race. We receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we think, man, this is great. This is amazing. I love feeling the presence of God. Wow, this is so amazing. We get to sing together. Yes, let's go. Philadelphia. Hashtag yes. We love Jesus. All these things. But then all of a sudden, you wake up one day and you're not as excited as you were the day before. You wake up one day and you see yourself in the mirror and you think, "Man, who who am I? Am I really the person that I think that I am?" And you start what? You start thinking these things in your mind. You start justifying your actions. Maybe maybe I just need a cigarette. Maybe I just need a drink. Maybe, you know, ah, it just I I felt off, you know, lately it just kind of feels off. So, what do you start doing? You start going back to your old lifestyle. You start cursing again. And then you say, "Okay, now I feel like I'm This is who I really am. What what happens? This is exactly what happens is that from the heart all of these things proceed. And this is what the Bible says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness and slander. But notice that what Jesus is saying He's saying because they're talking about man your disciples don't wash their hands they're so dirty they don't wash their hands before they eat and Jesus is basically saying that's not what really matters what really matters is how dirty is your heart and so then Jesus says but what comes from the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person because when you have a heart that is unclean that is unpure that you receive Jesus once then everything that comes from the mouth begins to not cleanse you but it begins to make you impure 
what is he saying? Have you guys heard the verse that says, above all things, everything that you safeguard, above everything, guard your heart because life flows from the heart. So if you have a heart that's contaminated, you're going to have a life that is contaminated. So what ends up happening is that many times we'll come to the presence of God and we want to offer something to God. However, God does not receive impure or unclean things. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you sit down, they give you your plate, they give you your silverware, they give you a cup. And have you ever noticed maybe that it just wasn't clean the correct way? It wasn't washed, right? Like there's still like the stain from like the last person who ate on that plate. That's dirty. So what do you do? Uh, excuse me, waiter, waiter, can I get it? This wasn't, even if it's just one stain. If that's how we treat plates, if that's how we treat cups on earth, imagine how serious God is about our hearts. Because the things that we speak, the things that we say will defile us. In other words, they will make us impure. And many people say, well, you thought it, you might as well say it. You thought it, you might as well say it. And then have you ever noticed, you know, you're around your friends. No, you already thought it. Say it. Go ahead. Say it. It's all right. You already thought it. Just say it. So then you say it. And then whenever you say it, everybody has the same reaction. <gasps> oh, see, it wasn't it wasn't the same thinking it as saying it. It wasn't the same. And so what's so interesting, it says what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and that defiles a person. In other words, Jesus said, this is what Jesus said. He said, pray so that you don't uh, enter into temptation. Pray so that you don't enter into temptation. Does that mean you won't be tempted? No, Jesus didn't say pray so that you're not tempted. See, what happens is Jesus, what he's saying is what comes out of the mouth is what defiles a person. You know how many thoughts people have a day? Because of the kind of heart that they have, that they carry, that they refuse to let the Holy Spirit clean. And so we begin to speak things. And we begin to defile ourselves to the point where Jesus won't even receive our worship, won't receive our prayer. Did you know that you can get to a place where Jesus will hear your prayer, but never with the intention to answer it? And do you know that this is why so many prayers go unanswered because God will listen to you, but never with the intention to answer you. Why? Because he doesn't have to. God doesn't even the most clean person. He doesn't have to answer, but he's God. He can do whatever he wants. But in his word, he does say that he turns away from the wicked person, although that wicked person can pray. But let us never fall into that category. Amen. He says, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God saw from Genesis, when he created man, he saw that their hearts were wicked. They were full of wickedness and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It was so much that this is 
the action. This is what God thought to himself. It says, And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. Have you ever been hurt to the point where you're hurt, but you're like, eh, that's cool, I'll get over it. But then it's different than when you get hurt and it actually hurts your heart. You don't get over it like that. It hurts and it stays for a while. The same thing that happened with God. It hurt his heart. Why? Because there was so much wickedness in the heart of man. And so in our hearts, we believe we've given Jesus our hearts. But I'm going to tell you something. When you have Jesus as a priority in your life, that's when you know that he really does have your heart. I said it Sunday, and I'll repeat it again. How many people have you met that move city to city, state to state, even countries, because of a better job opportunity? But how many people do you know that move because they know there is revival in that town, in that church, in that place, and that's where I want to be, that's where I need to be? You don't know very many people, but you hear people move because of job opportunities. Why? Because work is priority. Do you think God is such a weak God that he can't bless you where you're at? Do you think God doesn't have enough power to multiply your finances where you're at? That's why people say, oh, I couldn't go, man. I'm sorry. I had to work on Wednesday. I had to work on Sunday. I'm sorry. I had class. I had, I'll skip class. I'll skip work. And I've done it so many times but I'm gonna be in the house of God. And do you know that's why God has always been by my side? And I've always been by his side because I'm not gonna walk away. And if you really believe that God has your heart, then your fruit will speak for itself. This is what the Bible says, and Jesus spoke it in Matthew. He said that from the heart, all of these things come for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness and slander. Nobody makes you do things. Notice that Jesus doesn't say it was because of their weak personality. It was because of their personality that they murdered someone. No, it says for out of the heart. The problem isn't a personality problem. The problem isn't oh, I just don't have enough money. The problem is, is that people haven't given their hearts fully to God. They've given their hearts enough to fool people in the church, but never God. The Bible says that it is God who tests the hearts. Now, does it make sense? Why? When we think we're doing good and we're, man, we're 100%. I'm loving Jesus. All of a sudden, something happens in our life. Something happens in our job because God's saying, well, okay, do you think you're really that close? Let's find out how close you really are. Here's a test. I remember when I was in high school. Um, I had an English teacher. And so this English teacher, man, thank you so much. Round of applause for Jacob. May the Lord give you a, a beautiful wife and a Valentine if you don't already have one. I remember I was in English class and the teacher went over the lesson. And then we started talking. She said, shh, keep studying. And we kept talking. And then she said, okay, if you guys keep talking, I'm going to quiz you all. We didn't believe her. And then she said, you guys are talking because you think you've already learned it. We were like, yeah, it was easy, man. You know, it's Shakespeare, you know, how thou, whatever. She goes, okay, well, then here comes the quiz. And she quizzed us in that moment. You know how many people passed? Not a single person. 
because we thought we had it, we thought we knew, but we didn't know. So it is important that us as Christians, children of God, never get to a place where we think we've made it. The Bible says that he who thinks to be saved, be careful that you don't fall. El que se cree estar salvo, mire que no caiga. Be careful that you don't fall. Because of last Wednesday, everybody was on fire. Dude, I'm on fire. I got a word, man. Or maybe you didn't get a word. Maybe it's just like, this was great. Yeah, let's go. I love you, Jesus. You know, whatever. And then a week later, you're back. And do you still feel the same way? No, because God's going to allow testing. Because when you think you've arrived, when you think you've gotten to a place where, man, can't nothing make me fall. Man, I'm over that. I, that sin doesn't have me bound anymore. Man, I, I, I stopped cursing. I stopped listening to this music. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. I stopped having sex. I stopped stealing. I stopped gossiping. I stopped all that stuff. And then here comes the test. And then you realize, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. So it's important that we realize that we're all weak. I heard a, a person say one time, they said, uh, They said, that whole religion thing, it's for the weak. And I said, yeah, it is. You're exactly right. He said, see, I don't need that. I said, oh, you, you strong? You a strong man? He said, yeah, I don't need that stuff. Why are you wearing a mask? Oh, because COVID. I said, your immune system ain't that strong? <laughs> Because humanity is weak in itself. We depend on God. So I want to encourage you. Uh, this should have been like a two-part thing, but I'm just going to leave it here for now. Um, there's another verse that I wanted to read to you. And I'll close off with this. Romans 7. Romans 7, verse 19. It says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. Do you ever feel like that? Like there's good things that I want to do, but those good things that I want to do, I don't do. I end up doing the things that I don't want to do. Why is that? You want to know why? Because man's heart is naturally inclined to evil. That's why you'll see some of the kids in the back that don't pay attention. Some people in the back, they're always looking down. They ignore the word of God. Why? Because the heart of man doesn't want God. Just because you're in church doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. Your heart doesn't want God. And here's the worst part about it is, is that in the moment that you fall deep into a pit of sin and problems, you start crying and you cry out to God. Here's my question to you. Why should God even listen to your prayer if all your life you turned your back on? Him? You know, what's so, what's so crazy to me is that people will ignore God all of their life. But then when it comes time to die, you got cancer or you got in a car wreck and you're going to die. People get scared and they say, well, I don't want to die. But if I die, I want to go to heaven. Why should God let you in? Because he's merciful, because he's loving. God shows his love. This is what the Bible says, that God shows his love. He demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. Just because God loves you doesn't mean he lets you into heaven. He demonstrated that love 2,000 years ago. He demonstrated his mercy all your life. While you were here sinning, nothing ever happened to you. While you were out partying, nothing ever happened to you. That was God's mercy. That was God's love. But then the moment came to pay your dues. And you have to pay what you owe. Sin is like a credit card. It's going to charge you. And when it charges you, it's going to charge you interest. And that's why the Bible says that for every good and bad deed we've ever done, we're going to give an account for that. Every good and bad word, we're going to give an account for that. And the only way that we can get into heaven is not because of 
God's love and God's mercy, it's because of the choice that we make. Do you decide to give your life to Jesus and run this race? Or did you simply give your life to Jesus and take a step in the race and that's where you stay? So I want to encourage you that I want to tell you if I can recap. Number one, our hearts are evil. They're impure and they make us unclean. Our hearts are never inclined towards God. Our hearts are always inclined towards sin. Our hearts are full of pride. And notice that every person who hasn't given their life to Jesus has the same attitude as Lucifer, the devil, Satan. What was his, what was his, his attitude in heaven? His attitude in heaven was what? I want to be just like God. I want to make my own decisions. I want to be in charge of my destiny. And you hear inspirational quotes uh, such as you're the maker of your own destiny or whatever that dude said from South Africa. And so what ends up happening is that you see the same attitude in those hearts. They're prideful. I want to be in charge of my own life. Nobody can tell me no. It's the same spirit that was in Lucifer is in them. And that's why the Bible tells us to give our lives to Jesus. Why? Because when we give our life to Jesus, you're no longer in control. It takes a strong man. It takes a strong woman. It takes somebody who humbles himself to say, I will no longer be in charge, but you be in charge of my life. And I've never met a person that gave their life to Jesus and regretted it. But I have met people who had the opportunity to give their life to Jesus. And they didn't, and they regretted it at the end of their life. I want to tell you, and I want to remind you, and I, you guys know this. We don't have a lot of time left here. I'm 35, and it seems like yesterday I was just 13, 14 years old. I was skinny. I was athletic. I could run. And then I went to the gym yesterday, and I'm sore today. And I could barely get up out of bed. Life is fast. Life go so fast but the decisions that you make now are going to build that future so it's up to you if you're going to build a life with Jesus or without Jesus it's up to you if you're going to build a life with the blessing of God or without the blessing of God let's set to our feet